Did you? Yeah. Good. So we'll talk about that. Yep. Did you watch Secret Invasion? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Good. Dance, monkey, dance. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing well, considering that it's uh, feels like 111 today. Yeah. I mean, could be worse. You could have gone in a in a submersible this week. I could have, but I wouldn't be that stupid. <laughs> 24 hours sitting cross-legged on the floor. Well, I if, don't think so. If they even made it that far. Well, they 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 were in the in the thing when it imploded. Well, yeah, but I don't know how long it took them to actually implode, though. Oh, oh, if it even made twenty four hours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure the last conversation in the cab was, "What's that cracking sound?" <laughs> and then that. What's was this it. button do? Yeah. I mean, the fact that it was controlled by a $30 game controller should have told them everything that they needed to know. Yeah. You know. And uh, I guess Josh Gates had almost went on it at one point. Yep. Like, he, they asked him to go, and he was like, uh, he, they, they took him on the sub, and he was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> no, and James Cameron's been talking out about it, too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you're going to talk to anybody, he's had more dives, I think, to the Titanic than all, like most professionals. Right. So you might as well listen to him. But yeah, that's kind of fucked up. And the 19 year old kid that didn't want to go, but he went because it was, I guess, his Father's Day's gift, or whatever. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it was two hundred grand a person. You would think that they could find something better to do with that two hundred grand. But yeah, definitely. Maybe Daddy wanted to see the Titanic. Why though? Why? I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It's not a tourist attraction. It's a fucking gravesite. People are weird, man. Mm Mm-hmm. Although I guess a lot of people are on the sub company because they literally put a job posting for a submersible pilot on their website. The same company? Yep. Oh, Jesus. Because it turns out that that company is not paying for the rescue efforts. We are. Right. They're not going to charge them for the rescue effort. And it's like, well, why the fuck not? I mean, I'm sure they'll be out of business from fucking... Um, just the the like lawsuits and shit from the families, right? Yeah, that that company is bankrupt yeah. automatically. Yep. 
automatically. Yep. And then all the nuisance lawsuits. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I had always wanted to see the Titanic and I seriously went to their website and I was thinking about it. And now I'm just so thankful that I didn't go, but I'm, I just, I'm just triggered. <laughs> okay. And there's a couple down here in Florida who bought a trip on it. And then for some reason it got canceled and they wouldn't give them a refund. They want them to rebook it. <laughs> <laughs> and they've kind of started, you know, making the press rounds because obviously they're not going to collect. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of sad. That was kind of sad. I mean, is it sad, though, really? Or is it? Maybe this is how Darwinism corrects itself well if that was the case there wouldn't be fucking Republican (laughs) (laughs) all right then I mean they'd all be shooting themselves in the head oh Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene need to go to the Titanic Uh, hey let's start a GoFundMe yeah we'll throw Bobert in there just for good measure Oh, they don't like each other, though. Yeah, but God's talking to her. God says that that she has to impeach Joe Biden. Well, now, did you see her? She tweeted. When did she tweet this? It doesn't say when. But last night in my D.C. residence, the television turned on by itself and the screen showed someone's laptop trying to connect to the TV. (laughs) I have nothing to hide. It's like, yeah, Nixon wasn't a crook. Oh, my God. What a fucking idiot. Uh Uh-huh. Oh, that's funny. I don't understand, man. Nope, nope. It's it's getting insane. Uh, We almost saw the fall of Russia this week. That was kind of exciting. For, like, a couple hours, and then it went away. Yeah. I can't believe he backed down that fast. Well, so did you read what the what the compromise was? Yeah, the 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 head of Wagner has to move to Belarus. And his men get absorbed into the Russian military. Uh-huh. So who did that help? Putin. Like, However, You've got a band of people who were just trying to take over the country now in the inside of your organization. Yeah. Yeah, I read a lot of things that said that, like, this is far from over because Putin is now weak. So we'll see. We can hope. Yeah. Although our government or people in our government, like the aforementioned Boebert and Matt Gates and... Marjorie Taylor Greene all support Putin so you know uh, again I don't understand he's like the enemy of everything we stand for well you know except for the Republicans but what yeah do I 
But there was some major shakeups in the nerd community this week. There were? Yeah. So Which- Paramount the other day yes. canceled four shows. They canceled uh-huh. something called The Game, which I've never heard of. Queen of the Universe, which is another one I hadn't heard of. Star Trek Prodigy and Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies that we've talked about on this show several times. Yeah, and it's kind of weird because when they announced that Prodigy was being canceled, that they're also pulling it from streaming. Yes, all four of these shows are disappearing from their screen, their, their streaming services. So are they becoming write-offs in the Disney Plus way? I guess. Um it's very strange. Like this came out of the blue. Like they were working on Star Trek Prodigy season two. Right. Um, there were a bunch of animators that were like, wait a minute. Like we're working on this. What the fuck? Um, the, the show runners for the rise of the pink ladies were totally like, um, like it came out of nowhere blindsided that's the word I'm looking for they basically were like we don't understand why our show is being erased Um, it's a very weird time for entertainment because you could be working on something and then it just doesn't matter anymore it just goes away there were talks that Sony was looking to buy the Warner Brothers stuff that they've pulled right which makes me wonder if we will get a Sony distributed Batgirl at some point. Mm, they'd have to make a new movie. Well, if they re-edit it, does that count? Uh, I don't know. You know, like like so they were they were talking about buying all of the stuff that they've kind of written off, and it's right. like I don't understand what how you write something off that you've already made money off of. Mm-hmm. Because they're making money off of subscriptions, right? To fund these shows, and then they're like, "But they're a tax write-off now, and they'll never be seen again." Well, but are the shows actually driving viewership? Well, you would, you would think that there was enough Star Trek fans out there that True. that you know. I wonder if. Um, lower decks was saved only because they're doing a crossover with strange new worlds. Right. You know, they don't want to pull the plug on that just yet because they're going to get some mileage out of that show at some point, but like they've already canceled discovery. Um, so the only two shows left now that Picard's done is lower decks and strange new worlds. Right. Maybe maybe the, the Star Trek people should start looking at syndication again like they did, you know, back in the day. Uh, okay. Or sell their shit to Netflix or Amazon or one of these other companies that really isn't going to go anywhere, but will probably need some kind of content at some point. And then did you read and weird cancellation things? Did you read the story about um, Disney canceling Star Star Wars Acolyte? No. There's a rumor going around that there was an interview with the showrunner who basically was like, why does Star Wars need to be what George Lucas says it is? And 
um, about a week later, now there's this thing. Now, it's all from this leaker guy who goes by the name Doomcock. So take it for with a grain of salt. But multiple people are now saying that Star Trek or, or Star Trek Star Wars Acolyte has been canceled, um, and the showrunner fired. Oh, which mm, okay, they were you know they've already kind of like shown stuff from Acolyte and. Yeah, that's really weird. Yeah, so I'm not like, so the big, um, one of the bigger Star Wars um, YouTubers did a video where he was like, I don't believe this. Don't, don't, until it's an, there's an official release from Disney Plus, don't, you know, don't get crazy over this. But I guess multiple people, um, at Disney Plus have leaked that this has happened. And wow. they're saying that Disney will just quietly not talk about it anymore and right. it'll just go away. So, yeah, I thought that that was kind of weird. Hmm. Okay. That's, that is weird. But I. I mm. I don't know. I mean, why does Star Wars have to be what George Lucas says it is? Well, I mean, I think there's a respect that you need to have for the creator of what you're doing. It's not saying that you can't you can't innovate on the ideas, but she was kind of like bitchy when she said it. Yeah. You know, you would, and I mean, that's par for the course. Once Disney separated or bought Star Wars and separated from George Lucas, like they did nothing but bash them. Like, which I guess is their prerogative. They now own the stuff. Um, but still, I think when you look at shows that kind of respect what he's done, you know, right. uh, that's what Star Wars is for a lot of people. Sure. So, I mean, I don't know. It's a little, it's a little weird. I'm anxious to see whether or not that this is a real thing. I mean, again, right. Disney spent a ton of money on this. I guess they can get some of that back, but I don't know. Cause it's weird because like there's, there's two things. There's the fact that everybody's now saying that the accolade is canceled. And then like in the same, on the same day, they're like, Hey, Disney just, or star Wars just cast its first transgender actor in the acolyte. Hmm. So I won. I wonder if this big grand scheme of trying to replace the original trilogy by going back to the high Republic, like generations before the original trilogy and the prequels ever took place yeah. is they're finally realizing people don't really want that. Maybe. I don't know. 
I mean, I was kind of looking forward to it because it sounded like it was going to be kind of like a uh, a crime heist kind of show and not necessarily, you know, battles and out of space. Right. I thought it was kind of interesting, but. I mean, as of June 5th, they had wrapped shooting and were going in the post-production. So, again, this is a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. Right. Um, but we'll see. And then another thing that happened this week was a whole bunch of companies have pulled out of Comic-Con this year. I saw that. Yeah, so so uh, Marvel, HBO, Netflix... Um, none of the Lucasfilm stuff is going to show there. Um, they're all pulling out, and they're saying it has to do with the writer strike, which I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, that doesn't make sense. No, but, well, I mean, the actors might be striking too, as of July first. Um. And maybe maybe they can't get people to panels if they're on strike. Right. Um, but yeah, Hall H is going to be... Which, okay, like, it's a comic book convention that's now just going to be about comic books, which, you know, heaven forbid. But right. what, you know, what San Diego Comic-Con has always been, um, you know, is not will will not happen now like and like it was closed for two years because of covid and then last year they reopened and had a, like a mask policy and stuff right um so yeah and apparently warner brothers is still planning to go and amazon prime is still well amazon prime is pondering whether what they're gonna do mm-hmm. Um, and Paramount Plus is not committed to anything. I mean, but they're canceling shows left and right, so who knows what the fuck Paramount Plus is going to do. Yeah. Huh. I mean, and I can kind of understand Disney just because they do, like, D23. Sure. And why blow their load at Comic-Con when they can do it for their own thing? Right. Um, But, like, this is... This this is kind of like the bread and butter for Marvel and they have things coming out that they could be promoting. Well, that they should be promoting. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. It's been a weird week for fandom. Sure has. (laughs) There's a big shakeup at TCM. Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. Where there's two people running it now. And okay. it's going to be curated by Warner Brothers. Okay. So I wonder what that's going to do for um, some of those other studios getting kind of pushed aside. Well, it went from 90 employees to 20. 
Yeah. Holy shit. I mean, uh, not that I've watched TCM in quite some time, but this article talks about budgets being cut. Are they like making shows for TCM? Um, I couldn't tell you. Because I don't, I, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched Turner Classic Movies. Let's see. What are their movie schedules like? Yes, I agree. I don't care. Um, oh. There's nothing on here. <laughs> the. Come on, give me the daily schedule. Monthly schedule? There we go. Uh, it's all old stuff as you would expect. Right. But, but on their, on their, um, webpage, they have a thing for a podcast, a film festival, a cruise. You want to go on a TCM classic movie cruise? Oh, that's a Disney cruise. Oh, <laughs> at least it used to be. Uh, there's an auction. There's a wine club. Silent Sunday Nights, Noir Alley, Musical Matinee. We can get we can book the uh, the classic cruise sailing in November, San Diego to Cabo San Lucas and Ensenada, Mexico on the Disney Magic. Oh, there you go. I'm looking at their auction catalog, and it's taking forever to load. Um, man, their thing sucks. Oh my god, this takes forever to load. What is going on? It's 472 megabytes. Jesus Christ, what kind of catalog is this? So this is this this was the thing that like Spielberg was getting involved with, right? It wasn't like him and Scorsese and somebody else like Yeah. Trying to fix Paul this or Thomas, something. Paul Thomas Anderson? Yeah. Is that his name? PTA. Yeah, him. Yeah. Um they they say they met with the new the new uh executive. What's his name? Zaslav, who came from Warner Brothers. Yeah. And they're very, um, they're very positive that things will be for the better. <laughs> it's like, okay. Well, I mean, I guess we can trust Spielberg, right? Mm, <laughs> I suppose. If you can't trust Spielberg. I know. Who can you trust? Exactly. Apparently, the big item at the auction is, um, um, what's his name? Good God. Uh, John Travolta's, uh, white suit from Saturday Night Fever. Mm hmm. 
You could buy that, and you could walk down the uh, the the you know the little aisles at work, doing the dance moves, right. singing the song. <laughs> Doesn't say how much it's going to go for, though, or what they what they believe it's going to go for. I don't understand why people buy things like that. Um, I mean, are you going to put it in a museum? Is it just going to be like in your your bedroom closet? <laughs> I mean, I do know that there are a lot, there are people that that loan out their collections to museums. And sure. There are there are like the Hollywood Museum and stuff that'll gladly take that stuff. Apparently, um, after being lost for forty years, the Discovery One large scale filming model made for twenty ten, the year we make contact, has been found. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that would cost. I'm sure I don't have that kind of money. Get something from the jazz singer. Which version? Neil Diamond, Al Jolson? Uh... Oh no! Oh. Well, okay. What I'm looking at is an uh, original Egyptian vulture-shaped headdress from the 1917 film Cleopatra. Ooh. Get an original uh, hoverboard from Back to the Future too. Do they have any estimated values on those? Uh, let me see. Uh, this is just off the website, so I need to look in the catalog. But it was taking forever to download. Um, hello, McFly. Uh, the white suit went for $260,000. Oh, it already happened. Oh, oh, this is old. What the fuck? (laughs) What the fuck, yo? I give up. Well, now you can't get this stuff. Never mind. Uh, an Iron Man helmet worn by Robert Dowdy Jr., Went for $127,000. A wand from Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix went for $130,000. And at a bargain, the hoverboard went for $91,000. Ooh. I'm sure you could have scraped that together. Might have to sell It's a hoverboard. House. Come on. But it's a hoverboard. It'll pay for itself. <laughs> Damn. Oh well. Well, did you watch anything fun this week? Oh, I watched a bunch of stuff. Yeah, what'd you watch? Uh, I saw the new Little Mermaid movie. Oh, you did? I did. I didn't hate it. Okay. 
It's very unnecessary. <laughs> well, aren't all these live action remakes? Yeah. Um, Halle Bailey was great. Okay. Um, Aquafina's song kind of grows on you. <laughs> okay. Um, but Melissa McCartney was just not good. I heard that she wasn't bad, though. I heard that like yeah, it could have been much no. worse. She wasn't doing a regular shtick. No, but she was doing this Mae West thing. Oh. Instead of the the uh, 1930s German drag queen thing that the cartoon was about. <laughs> she didn't. She doesn't come across as really menacing. Okay. But um, yeah, and a lot of the stuff is right out of the animated film. Like shot for shot. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Ursula sitting at her mirror, putting on lipstick. Um, the the scene where Ariel grabs the reins of the the horse and carriage. Yeah. I mean it. It looks like they they rotoscoped the scene on top of the animated one. Really. Yeah. Huh. It's a, it's a very pretty movie. And they took out the the chef, right? They took out the chef. Yeah, yep. because like he's murdering fish or whatever. Yeah. And they didn't think that that would go over well in live action. Mm, probably not. Good choice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's a it's a good movie. It's not like a masterpiece, but it's very visually pleasing. Yeah. Um, but they do things like, so there's this montage of Ariel and Eric out among the people and it ends with them at kind of a Caribbean party, I guess. Okay. Barbecue thing, which they could have turned into a huge musical number, but they didn't. It's like I kept waiting for something to happen and somebody starts singing and it just kept going on and on and on. And yeah, it was weird <laughs> because it's the whole sequence where they're, where they're trying to get the two of them to kiss. Right. And they're like dancing really close. And anyway, but um, yeah, not a total waste of a couple of hours, but did you actually go to the theater? Uh, sure. Okay. That's what I did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> did you find a decent version to watch? Yes. Oh, nice. Yeah. It, I mean, it's, it's fair. Okay. But, um, it was watchable. Cool. You know, you just have to go to the dark web and put in somebody else's credit card. Oh, I, I know all too well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what did you watch? Um, I watched a bunch of stuff. New new stuff wise, um, I watched um, Secret Invasion. Did you? I did. Okay. Would you? How did you feel about the I first really, episode? Um, confused, <laughs> but I liked it. Yeah. Um. The, the uh, sacrificial death at the end was kind of a surprise. Well, maybe not. I mean, I guess we can spoil it, right? I mean... Sure. I mean... Robin, Robin Sparkles dies. Yeah. 
I was a little shocked. Like it's way darker than most of the other Marvel properties with maybe the exception of Falcon and winter soldier. Um, and when they take out Maria Hill at the end, I was like, Oh, okay. I guess she's not going to be a part of this then. So yeah, I was a little surprised at that. Um, I was also very surprised at like how many people know about the scrolls. Yeah. Like it doesn't seem to be a big secret of what's going on. And maybe that's just because we're dealing with like people that know top secret shit. But I kept being like, well, why do they know about the scrolls? And why do they know about the scrolls? Right. And you know, and fury is written a lot more Samuel L. Jackson than Nick Fury now. And I don't know if that comes from the fact that Samuel Jackson is an executive producer on this. And so he's got more say into his character, but like, Mm. like he's definitely not the Nick Fury that's run the MCU. Right. And so that was a little strange to me. But I mean, I like it. I, I, was surprised that um what's her name Khaleesi oh my god what the fuck oh, is her name Amelia, Amelia Clark. Clark that she was that she's the the daughter of Talos and you know she yeah she was the little girl in the um in the Ms. Marvel movie or Captain Marvel movie um you know, that, that took me a little bit by surprise. Um, but it's very, it's very dark and very, I don't want to say it's not family friendly, but it's, it's darker than I was expecting. The stuff that on, that's been on Disney plus has been kind of like lighthearted and fun and sit the family around and watch. And this is kind of like, well, we're going to do something a little bit different now. Which I guess is fun. I mean, or, yeah. or fine. I mean, it's their prerogative to do whatever they're going to do. And did the doctors on the space base fix Nick Fury's eye? Well, or he, he just got tired of the patch? I think he just got tired of the patch. Oh, okay. Which is weird because you would think that as an actor, the eye patch is way easier than having like, like... The prosthetics. prosthetics on and a thing in your eye to make it look like it's, or maybe they're doing that in post-production. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to where it's going. It's only what? Six episodes. I think so. I think that's all that they could get. Yeah. For. Yeah. But I mean, the first one was close to an hour. It, I think it did a good job of kind of reminding you of the situation without starting a new origin story. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I mean, and look, I love Ben Mendelsohn, so anything that he's in, I'll watch. So I'm all for six episodes of him running around as Talos. Right. 
Uh, I also watched Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Have you caught up on oh, it? Oh, I haven't watched it yet. You still no. haven't watched that? I still haven't watched it. Okay. All right, fine. I'll cross that one off the list. I did watch something else that you've seen. What? The Flash. You, oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Um, What'd you think? If it were a different lead actor, mm-hmm. I think it could have been like 10 times better. Mm-hmm. Um, Some of the CGI was really bad. They kind of explain that, though. Oh, do they? Yeah. Be- because in different timelines, it's supposed to be bad? No, it's supposed to be that the... You're talking about like the stuff in the Speed Force? Yeah. Yeah, so the Speed Force, the way that the, that the director um, explained it in an interview was that it's meant to be distorted and not look quite right because of the ripples of time. Okay. Which is fine if they had explained that in the movie. But I understand what you're saying. There are there are shots of people where you're like, oh, that's a rubber dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the whole thing with the babies exploding out of the hospital. I thought that was funny. I I, I will be honest. I, I thought that that was one of I the better parts. I thought it was parts. funny, but I, I don't know. It just kept going on. <laughs> he puts the baby in a microwave? Yep. Come on. <laughs> it's really? A, but come on. You got to admit, the line where... Barry's talking to Alfred and they both say at the same time it's a baby shower was very funny. Sure. And you get it, you get some cameos, you get Ben Affleck in there as Batman for the last time. Yeah. You get you get um Gal Gadot who I guess is just doing cameos now because she was also in Shazam. Oh, okay. Yeah, she haven't watched that yet. She's at the end of Shazam. Oh, sorry. I ruined it. <laughs> not it's like not like like if you're gonna sit down and watch a bad movie, don't watch Shazam. Okay. You're really wasting your time then. Was she in the first one or the second one? The second one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, the first one was way better. Second one is terrible. Um, but then you get a very very much a love letter to DC. Um, towards the end where the multiverses are colliding mm-hmm. and you get cameos from like um spoiler alert um like Christopher Reeve and Helen Slater and then you know and Nick and Nicolas Cage and so so they actually show a shot of Nicolas Cage as Superman fighting a giant spider which is yep. if you've ever if you if you've ever listened to the story from Kevin Smith about his version of the the script where John Peters insisted that Superman fight a giant spider in the third act is right out of this. So, you know, they are taking everything that they could get their hands on. There's a shot of um um oh, what's his name? God, why Okay, I'm really having a senior moment. Jesus Christ. Um, Adam West? Adam West, thank you. God damn, why couldn't I think of that name? (laughs) There's a shot of Adam West, and there's other, like, Flash heroes, and, like, 
it was it was just so close to having a Grant Gustin cameo that I don't understand why they didn't do. Sure, but I mean it, they could have. It would have made perfect sense to stick it in there. Yeah, I was wrong about um, Batman. I really thought that they were doing Flashpoint as closely as they could. Sure. And that I kept waiting for him to say, like when he keeps calling him Bruce, I kept expecting him to say, Bruce is my son. Why are you calling me Bruce? Um, But it's cool to see Michael Keaton back. They use the theme song. It was very cool. Oh my God. When the bat wing comes down out of the ceiling of the the bat cave. Oh my God. You know, the, the, the Batman 89 Batmobile. Yep. That's all there. I mean, there was some major fan service. Yeah. And that's, and it's what it needed to be. Like, sure. There was definitely, there's definitely times for that. And definitely times when you don't do that. And when Mm -hmm. you know that this is kind of the end of this universe. Right. There's, you just got to be like, okay, I guess we're going to just lean into this because they shot three separate endings. Um, Right. And so... And there are cameos that don't make it into the final film. Right. And so, did you see the after credit scene? With drunk Aquaman? Yes. Yes. So... I thought that was funny. So, I guess they're saying that Barry never makes it back to his reality. Because it's all different when he comes back. Well, yeah. Yeah. So he is not where he started. Batman is different. Aquaman doesn't seem to be king of Atlantis. Right. Um, you know, it's it's all this stuff that's pointing to the fact. And I guess he's okay with it just because his dad is out now. Like he saved his dad, so it's fine. Well, he saved his dad in that particular timeline. In that timeline. So that's where he's going to stay, I guess. Okay. Which I guess opens up a whole world of like, where do we go from here? Um, so the big reveal at the end is that Batman is not Ben Affleck anymore. Mm-hmm. And instead it's George Clooney, which I thought yes. was very well done. I'm I'm kind of I did too. I'm kinda glad that he said he would do it. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's talked shit about being Batman for a long time and it's Right. Apparently he watched the film and they said, would you do this? And he's after watching it, he said, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll come and play for a day. Um, but it's funny because the very first shots from the filming of the flash were of Supergirl and Bruce Wayne being Michael Keaton in that end shot. Right. And though that, that doesn't appear anywhere in the end. So It's it's so when you talk about the actor, if it could have been any other actor, were you taken out like I was at the fact that you know what this dude has done? And like in his personal life? Um not so much as I no. just don't think he's a good actor. Okay. Yeah, I mean the whole thing of him meeting himself and it just got annoying really fast for me. I mean, I do think that went on for too long, but I do like the things of like 
the second Barry learning how to phase and he falls through the floor naked. Yes. And like that kind of stuff I appreciated. I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. Um, but other than that, I was like the other Barry super annoying and they do that for a reason, but I think it's too much. Like I get that. I get like, he's not the same Barry and like he'd have different sets of morals or whatever. And you know, it's, it's a weird thing though, because it feels like there's something missing towards the end where they're in this giant battle with Zod and Batman keeps dying and Supergirl keeps dying and they never resolve that. They, they then go into the speed force and now Barry's got to fight himself who is like, he's not reverse flash. He's like corrupted flash. Right. And he talks about how many times have you tried that? And he's like, just one more time. But so where does it leave Michael Keaton's Batman? And where does that leave Supergirl? Like it's unresolved. And I think that if that had been the ending where they show up at the end and you've come to find out that like Barry stayed or whatever in that timeline, I think that would have been a better resolution to the film than like, we're just not going to go back to the Zod fight. Like Zod, I guess just destroys that universe and new Krypton is founded or whatever. Like it's, there's some problems with the third act of that film. Sure. Sure. I mean, I felt a lot of it looked like a video game. Yeah that there was just so much CGI thrown into it. It's like, okay, really? I mean, that's definitely an issue with all of these effects, heavies effect, heavy movies. Like, right. They're just not given the time to complete them. And so you wind up with rubber looking people and you know, right. But I really like, i I mean, I was really pleasantly surprised. Okay. Because the DC Cinematic Universe hasn't really done it for me other than the Batman films. Okay. So I'm really anxious to see what the the Joker sequel is going to be. The musical? Do you think that's just to throw people off off the track? I don't know. They set out to make a Joker film in the first one that was unlike anything that DC had ever done. I wouldn't right. put it past them to make Harley Quinn a singer on the side, like she goes out and does karaoke a lot or right. something. And so that evolves into a big musical number with her and the Joker at some point. I don't know. Being that we haven't really seen any footage yet. I'm still going to reserve my judgment, but yeah, I mean, their track record's not great. No. And I like Joker. It's, but it's really hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I've seen it the second time. I've only seen it the one time in the theater. 
but I don't know. I watched a new movie on Netflix, um, Extraction 2 with uh, Chris Hemsworth. Oh, yeah. Did you watch Extraction 1 first? Yes. yes. Okay. I watched that when it came out originally. And then this... Okay. I watched Extraction 2 this past weekend. There is a 21-minute single shot take in it. Um, Now, granted, there are cuts in it. And, you know, there's tricks of when the camera cuts and you know, people walking by the screen and there are cuts, but like there's a 21 minute supposed single take in it. That's really well done. Did I lose you? No, I'm here. Oh, I'm listening. Okay. All right. Um, when you get quiet, I Keep think going. that this shit cuts out, you know? Um, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, Chris Hemsworth, the interesting thing is, is I'm sure. Did you see Extraction One? No. No, I don't really watch those movies. Okay, so so I'm not going to spoil anything for you. Like, it's very apparent that he dies at the end of the first one. Okay. Like he gets shot in the neck and like falls into the water and like you're supposed to think that he's dead and then the beginning of this one shows you how he's not dead. Um but I guess they're going to turn this into a franchise because at the end he's like recruited for his next mission and stuff. Um, but it's, he's a really good at action and it's so different from Thor that I like seeing him in this kind of stuff. Like this is the kind of shit that they should have been doing with him in between the Thor films instead of him being in the Ghostbusters movie and, the Vegas fake no not Vegas the the vacation sequel with the kids and I just he's he's a really good at like he could have been up there with like Schwarzenegger and stuff back in the eighties sure so I'm I'm glad that he's getting a chance to actually do some shit and they work him hard in this like that that twenty one minute thing is like him fighting the entire time. And like, what's very cool about it is the camera is constantly in motion and it goes from like handheld to being on a crane to back to handheld to being on like a thing called a snorri cam where like it's attached to a person to give like this real, like otherworldly shot. Um, and so like he gets hit in the back of the head and then it goes to like the snorri cam thing so that like you're seeing his like perspective of what his brain is going through and he falls on the ground. And as soon as he falls on the ground, the camera then turns back into like a, like a handheld rig. And then it gets put on okay. to like a, like it's constantly in motion and it's very well done. If you like filmmaking and things that are very well thought out and planned and stuff like that and you like single shot stuff it's an amazing shot Mm. so well that's cool yeah when do you think the alzheimer's gonna get him i don't know i mean he's just susceptible to it right it doesn't mean he's gonna get it right right but i mean he basically said he doesn't 
he doesn't really want to play Thor to the point where people are laughing at him. Right. And so I kind of feel like now he's looking for other stuff and like, he's got a franchise like this where he can, you know, it's kind of like his version of John wick, you know, if he can keep doing those, I'm sure he'd be fine with it. Well, good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Mm -hmm. I watched one more movie this week. Yeah. What'd you watch? I watched two Wong Fu. Thanks for everything. Oh, wow. An oldie, but a goodie, huh? Yeah. Um, (laughs) It's about three straight guys wearing dresses. (laughs) Yeah. It would be completely like shit all over by today's society. Oh yeah. yeah. And it's not just any three guys. It's Patrick Swayze, um, John Leguizamo Wesley and Wesley Snipes. Oh, yes. And Leguizamo sells it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know that he does different characters in some of his, his one man shows. Yeah. But I mean, he, he really could have won some drag races. <laughs> Um, the whole opening scene where they're all putting on their makeup yeah and you know Patrick Swayze sitting in front of the mirror and he's got his shirt off and then he starts doing his eyebrows and it's like okay still doesn't seem right (laughs) I can't imagine who they would get to do a version of that today Well, I think I think in today's society you would get actual drag queens. But th- then would people watch it? But see, I think I think it's one of those those catch twenty twos like like you know how everybody's always up in arms when they like cast somebody um that's not of the correct culture or you know they're going to whitewash something or right like there's no way today that that would be greenlit without it being three it'd be RuPaul and like two other drag queens well RuPaul's in it is he it's it's been a long time like that was out when I worked in the movie theater and that's probably the last time I watched it so like the whole opening ball that they go to RuPaul is last year's runner a winner Okay. And her name is Rachel Tension. <laughs> and she gets lowered to the stage in this this long red gown sequined with the uh stars and bars. Okay, I kind of remember that, yeah. And then Robin Williams is in the scene and he's got a lengthy bit of the scene that he's not credited for. Well, see, and I think I think today you couldn't do like a like a remake of The Birdcage with a straight actor like Robin Williams. I think they yeah. want two gay guys in those roles just for, right. you know, representation or whatever. But would people go to watch it? I don't know. It's kind of like the, when they did the movie version of Hairspray and they cast John Travolta instead of Harvey Firestein, who originated the role and, right. you know, wrote the stuff and that they had to go for a movie like that to have any kind of success. There's got to be a, 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 uh, 
a carrot yeah. or a MacGuffin, something that's going to pull you into it, whether it's through casting or I don't know. I kind of think movie going is about to die. Well, and and look, I can't I can't imagine the birdcage with anybody other than Robin Williams. Right. Like he he was so good in that. And even like um um the guy who played the butler, Hank Azaria. Oh yeah, yeah. Like he he does such a good character in that that like I can't picture them doing it again and being like, all right, you know, I think the last good example of a straight guy playing gay is probably Eric Stone street in modern family. Sure. You know, but I think today if they were going to cast modern family, that couple would be two gay guys. Sure. I, I don't know. Like that's just kind of the way that everything is leaning these days. But, you know, I'm sure there'd be pushback of having, you know, gay guys in a TV show that kids could watch because that's just the fucking weird place we're in now. Right. So I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But, yeah, I mean, I remember Tu Wong Fu, Thanks for Everything, being in the movie theater and having... And and this was in New Jersey, but like people saying shit about it being, you know, a, a gay movie and like, why would you go see that? And I remember like the audience primarily being women for, okay. for the run of that. And like, because women, you know, a little bit less judgmental when it comes to that kind of shit. So I don't know. It's a. Uh, it's a, it's a weird thing because again, like today, if you were to do that, if you were to get straight guys, you'd have to get like, you know, guys that didn't care what their, what the backlash was going to be. Sure. Because I don't remember at any time, anybody ever saying like, like shit about Wesley Snipes or John Leguizamo or, um, Swayze like like it wasn't a thing other than they did this funny thing where they dress up as women right I mean had you seen it before oh yeah okay yeah does that hold up uh for the most part okay I I I mean it's it's based on the Australian movie with Guy Pearce and uh, the agent from the Matrix, what's his name? Oh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Elrond? Does he play Elrond too? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that guy. Anyway, <laughs> it's called Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Right. And it's not as campy as Priscilla is. Priscilla's very in your face. And this is a little more downplayed, right? So when the when the three the drag queens and the, the best part of Priscilla Queen of the Dead is Terrence Stamp, right? It's yeah, I'm looking at it now. It's Terrence it, Stamp, Guy Pearce, and Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, yeah. that's it. Yep. Yes. Um, I mean, Terrence Stamp was amazing in that movie. <laughs> 
So it's kind of interesting. And there are like scenes that are similar to in both movies, you know, like when the bus breaks down in this small backwoods Australian town. Um, the guy Pierce character, who's kind of the John Leguizamo character, um, is basically looking to like stir things up. Right. So like they they dress up to go into the town, and you know he's wearing like a dress made out of flip flops. <laughs> um, whereas this was a little more low key. Okay. Poor Stalker Channing getting beat up. <laughs> you know, unwed mother, victim of spousal abuse. <laughs> suicide victim quite the career <laughs> I was not aware that Terrence Stamp was still alive well he goes by Bernadette now so <laughs> that's probably why he's 87 good for him yeah good for him I watched. So what else? Was I I watched a um, a classic this week. Yeah. Um, I was reading something online and realized. Um. Oh, hang on. Let me let me pull this up so that I got the stuff in front of me. Um. Oh my God, I am having, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on in my brain these days. Um, I had realized that I had never seen a Steve McQueen film before. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't know why. It was, he's just one of those guys that I've always known about, but I've never sat down to watch any of his films. So I went on a website and typed in Steve McQueen best films or whatever, and I watched The Great Escape. Oh, okay. Uh, from 1963, it's about the escape from a German. Um, it's it's about a true story about an escape from a German um, camp during World War II, where they tunnel like 300 yards or something. Like it's a it's a ridiculous amount of run for like a tunnel. Um, and the Germans decided that they were going to build this like super camp where right. they had like microphones in the ground so that they could listen for stuff. And um, they decided to put all the people that had ever been escape problems that they had into one camp. And so they just mm -hmm. pulled their resources and got a whole bunch of people out. Um, it's got Richard Attenborough in it. It's got James Garner in it. It's got um, um, Donald Pleasance in it. Charles Bronson's in it like but it's long like if you're going to go watch this thing it's I think it's over it's it's about three hours um but I was I was shocked at how little Steve McQueen is actually in it because he spends a lot of time in the cooler in the in like the solitary confinement place um I mean, it's a really well done film. I really enjoyed it, but like, I just, I had just never seen a Steve McQueen film before. So you're going to see more? Uh, I'm probably going to watch Bullet 
and um, what was the other one that I was going to watch? Uh, the, the original Thomas Crown Affair. Oh, okay. Because I hear he's really good. With in that, Faye Dunaway. So, yeah. Was that Faye Dunaway? I think so. Thomas Crown Affair. Uh, yes, Faye Dunaway. Yep. They filmed that in Boston. Did they? Yep. Yeah, so that's that was something that, you know, and that's what I'm trying to do as I get older is look at stuff that are classics that I've never even considered watching before. And I've got a long list of shit that I need to watch. I mean, there's definitely things that like as a film fan that I would be ashamed to be like, I've never seen this film. And I kind of feel like The Great Escape was one of those. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I saw a whole bunch of like for the the six years that I worked in that movie theater as a projectionist, I saw every film that came out and was released to that theater um, just because you had to sit through them to make sure everything was correct. And, um, and so my classic film knowledge and my current film knowledge lacks because I don't see everything, but I'm trying to rectify that as I get older. Okay. That little old man that just watches movies. Oh, <laughs> sitting on your rocker in front of the TV. Yep. Watching Back to the Future, saying, "I remember." I remember seeing that in a movie theater. And then you'd have to explain what a movie theater was. Well, yeah, the way it's going. Yeah, I don't. I. I don't know the way that both elemental and the flash are kind of bombing at the box office is kind of telling me that people are not interested in that whole experience anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I will definitely go to a movie theater to watch the new Indiana Jones. Okay. I can't tell you what the last movie I saw in a movie theater was. I mean, if I definitely see your point of like, there are movies that you definitely want to see in the theater. Right. Um, I don't like the only reason I went to see the flash in the theater was because one of the guys I used to work with was like, Hey, I'm going Thursday night. Do you want to go? Okay. And I was like, yeah, I mean, as long as, like, the theater's not, like, super crowded. And when we bought tickets, there it wasn't. Um, right. And if, I think the theater was only, like, half full on the Thursday before for, like, the 9 o'clock movie. Um, but I can't... I've, I've been to the, to, to the theater a handful of times since COVID started, and didn't really buy me anything in my experience. I'd much rather watch it at home on my TV where I can pause it. 
I mean, mm-hmm. if it's nothing that, that you're going to get spoiled over, why don't you wait? Like, sure. And I know that'll kill like Hollywood as we know it because they're not going to put but money Willish? into their initial return is in those first three days. And if that starts dropping off, you're going to see smaller budgets and smaller types of films. And I think that the spectacle stuff is going away. You know, uh, but uh, I don't know how much like Spielberg and James Cameron and those types of filmmakers can keep the theaters alive. Right. Because they're not going to release their stuff on the streaming unless it's the last possible option. But like, I don't ever see a time when there's a, unless theaters cease to exist altogether where there's not a premiere of a, of an avatar movie in the next 10 years. Okay. You know, cause there's five of those fucking things in total. <laughs> right. And there's still three to come and they're so far spaced out that like, unless by the very end there are no theaters like they're going to have to release it on streaming but I think if there's any other option you know I can see Cameron doing like what they used to do in the 30s and the 40s where they would travel around with the print and show it at like you know those like special screenings Mm -hmm. you know and that's the only way you're going to get to see Avatar for like a year you know, I can see them doing shit like that, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think the movie studios have to do some pretty creative problem solving for what's the future of their business model. Yeah. I mean, I will say the last couple of times that I was at the theater, um, you know, me and the kid went to go see Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, across the Spider-Verse because she wanted to see that. And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Gets her out of the house. It's summer, whatever. Um, I don't think that locally I've paid more than nine bucks for a movie ticket. I think I think The Flash was nine dollars for a, th- a Thursday night show. And it's not like it's the, like the AMC thing where they're they're the seat that you purchase is a different price depending on where it is in the theater. Yes. Um, this was all anywhere like we were dead center, like in the middle of the theater and it was nine dollars. And I was like, oh, OK. Because I was expecting like 15 bucks and it just wasn't that. And I was like, wow, OK. So maybe that's the thing. Maybe they start dropping prices and they start bringing people back. I really hope that the um, that the Indiana Jones film is good. Yeah. Coming back into the you know the movie theater, it'd be nice to see a good Indiana Jones film for the last time. Mm. Did you see the? Here's tra- hoping. Did, did Did you see the trailer for Craven the Hunter? No, I didn't watch it. <laughs> It, it it feels like another Morbius. Well, I was just about to say, somebody took the Morbius playbook and just changed it from Morbius to Craven. Of course. Like, and it's... So, my friend Scott sent, like, he was like, hey, the Craven 
trailers out. So I watched it and I was like, that's very Morbius. And he was like, I know, yeah. right? Like, like I can't put my finger on it. I was like, that's what Sony's doing. Sony doesn't know how to make a, a superhero film. Sure. And nobody cares about Craven the Hunter. Like, have you ever met somebody who's like, oh, my favorite character is Craven? No, no, of course not. So why would you do an entire movie about him when he's a when he's a villain? Like, I know that they right. want to build this thing up to like the the um, Sinister Six or whatever. <clears throat> but you're going to want me to root for the bad guy. Right. Just like just like Morbius and just like Venom. Like, I don't care. So, yeah, that'll be another one that I sit out of. I mean, entertainment will just be on your movies, on your home screen, and that's it. People will become shut-ins. You'll never see them again. Big, big floating barca loungers. Yep. And the planet's almost dead anyway. It's fine. It's fine. Enjoy what little time you have left. Good times. All right. You got anything else for this week? Uh, no. No? I think I'm good. Hey, we got through the whole whole thing without talking about politics. What kind of? Well, no, I actually we did. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Nobody cares. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Three lives ruined for a can of tomatoes. (laughs) 